of America, Washington, D.C., signing on. Welcome to another episode of Radio Contra, the podcast of AmericanPartisan.org, BrushBeater.org, BrushBeater Training and Consulting, and hosted by me, NC Scout, the number one best-selling author on Amazon of the Gorilla's Guide to the Baofeng Radio, and it is very good to be with you on this Wednesday here, live in the Gorilla Camp, got a uh, whole lot on the calendar, but needed to sit down to do a solo podcast. And a lot of you out there, a lot of you out there reached out uh, and have, have reached out for a little bit. When are you going to do a solo podcast again? When are you going to do a solo podcast again? When, when are you, you, you know, the interviews are great, really enjoy them, but your, your individual takes on stuff, we, we're missing that. Uh, heard heard that from several of you in the audience, and so here you go, here you go. Uh, solo podcast coming up, and uh, man oh man, has the schedule behind the scenes been absolutely wild, and the time just continues to just keep getting away. Uh, but the the incredible success of the Grills Guide to Balfing Radio. Uh, Amazon top 1000 been in the top 1000 for, uh, over two months now, which is really incredible. Number one bestseller, uh, (laughs) just, you know, that, that is a blessing beyond belief. That is a blessing really beyond belief. And, uh, I just can't thank this audience enough for that. And, uh, over 10,000 copy sold in two months time that is really just a, a wild metric and it's not slowing down it's not slowing down so as a result um, that is enabling brush reader training and consulting to do a lot uh, behind the scenes in terms of additional capabilities expansion uh, working on expansion of a number of stuff uh that's out there a number of training opportunities i'm grinning from ear to ear because it's i'm really really excited i don't want to let the cat out of the bag on a number of things uh just yet because i i want to be able to bring them to you uh out there and and i would rather uh wow the world 
you know, with, with what we've got going on. Of course, I am working on a follow-up. The Signals Intelligence Manual is well underway. I think a lot of people, that is going to be an eye-opener. Uh, that book is going to be an eye-opener for a large number of folks out there. A lot of people, I see a lot of commentary and people, you know, referencing buzzwords and whatnot. And, you know, eh, it's, it, it, I'll admit, it, it can get a little frustrating because there's a lot of people that just don't get it. Uh, they just don't get it. But, you know, hey, that's the reason that I do what I do. That is the reason that uh, this this company, which was really uh, started mostly accidentally, has done as well as it has, and why it has been just the the runaway success by any metric, and and an unlikely one, uh, an unlikely one. You know, it, it. But it's it's really been a blessing, and the biggest thing too is to remember that it's all on his terms. You know, it's all on the Lord's terms and according to his plan. And we have to continuously remind ourselves of that and remain grounded in that. Uh, because, it, you know, it, it, it's, we can't explain oftentimes our success, right? We, we, can, we can't explain when things that even we believe are, are unlikely, but, you know, we're doing them for a noble cause. And, and all of a sudden, you're just blessed with so many things that, that become, uh, you know, in, incremental in our lives, right? We don't have an explanation for that. You know, I don't like to, to uh, adhere to the idea that anything happens by chance. Uh, I don't, you know, I, I don't buy into that whatsoever. And, uh, you know, it, it's... So... I tell you all that to tell you, you know, it's, it's really something that that's wonderful and it's been a wonderful thing to see. It's not slowing down and believe me, you know, you put your heart and soul into what you do, uh, as I do with this, you know, you, you look at this stuff as now I have increased capabilities. Now I have an increase in what I can accomplish and what I can offer to the larger community. And that is exactly what we're going to do and what we're going to continue to do. Uh, so, you know, it it's really something special. And uh, if you don't have a copy of The Gorilla's Guide to the Baofeng Radio, you can get it on Amazon. And I want to point something out that the, the version that's on Amazon is the kind of the, the tabletop, um, you know, you... you read that you know and you know large print and everything and there's a story behind that too uh but if you want the top spiral bound version which is a handbook version all right this is a a field guide this is something that you take into the field you know when i was in the army we used to call hip pocket training where you know you you had multiple versions of the same field man you had the large one right for Whatever it was that you were doing, you had a large one that had larger print. Then you had a smaller one that would always go in your hip pocket, right? Um, you know, the field manual for whatever school you were going to, um, 
you know, like Ranger Handbook, for example, perfect example of that. You always have it in your back pocket. It's covered with duct tape, right? So this this book is is the same, right? It it is the same, and it is that same form factor, right? So if if you're buying that version, I want to make something very clear because I, I got some emails that that I kind of had to address. Um, people say, you know, this is this is smaller print. Yeah, it is. Um, it, it is, it, this is a, a field manual, right? It, it's something that's designed to be carried with you. It, it's smaller. Why, this is too small. I can't read it. Um, all right. You know, I made it for you to carry into the field, but if you want that spiral bound version and a lot of people do, uh, I, the first run that I had done of those, uh, first 200 copies of those have sold out. And I have another batch inbound, which should be in by the end of the week. Uh, they should be in by the end of the week. So I'm really excited about that uh, to, to get those in because the demand for those are really, really high. And uh, again, it, it is a manual for you to carry into the field, to use as a reference when you are doing things, right? When, you know, not when you're... Uh, putting it on the shelf to look at it with, with all the other books you hadn't read, right? No, th- this is something that I'm, I am purposely putting out there so that in, in a form factor that you can read, that you can utilize. And, you know, it, it is top spiral bound. You can flip through that thing, you know, reference the different sections, right? And, and it's in there. So, uh, anyhow, really excited about that. The demand is, of course, huge. And ordering details, ncscout at brushbeater.org, the email address, exclusively handling those orders. The web store is going to be up very, very soon. I know a lot of you out there are real tired of hearing that. Believe me, I'm even more tired of saying it. Uh, I would rather the, the web store be up and be able to tell you to direct you over there. But it's not quite ready yet. Uh, there's just a couple of little things that we have left uh, to to get squared away, but it will be done, and it's going to be done very, very soon. And there's going to be a lot of interesting, uh, neat things over there that I think you're going to like. There's going to be some logo gear. Uh, the logo gear, I'm really, really excited for some unique items, uh, drinkware, Stuff to wear to the gym, stuff to wear on the range. I think that you're gonna you you're gonna appreciate. You are certainly going to appreciate it. So, uh, really looking forward to getting that thing kicked out the door. Uh, worked hard on it, and uh, it's kind of had this long, interesting story unto its own. And uh, you know, it everything in life, everything in life is worth the struggle. You know. Everything that is worth doing is worth the struggle in the end. You know, writing books is extremely difficult. If, if you've never done it, you don't understand. You don't have an appreciation for it. Uh, it, it is extremely difficult. And once it's out there, it's out there, you know. Uh, so it, it's... It, it, it's like anything else. And so, um, you know, the... the uh, you gain a new appreciation for a number of things by doing them. And then you look at other people who've been very successful in doing these things and you say, wow, you know, that, that was way more difficult than it looked. 
you know, and, and um, that's that's the thing, you know, that's the thing. But anyway, shifting gears, shifting gears, of course, the uh, the thing on everybody's mind right now, the State of the Union address, right, the State of the Union. Of course, this was Biden's first State of the Union address. It uh, he, he did not deliver one last year. And I remember, remember, if you will, as I stroke my beard, remember, if you will, one year ago, uh, one year ago, the argument was on the left that the president is not required to give a State of the Union address. He's not required to do so. And they weren't wrong. Of course, they weren't wrong. He wasn't capable of giving a State of the Union address. Uh, and uh, as, as last night was an indication, he's still not capable of giving a competent State of the Union address. But he gave it his best shot. Right? He, gave it the, he gave it the good old Delaware try. Right? And um, yeah, the, the good old Biden Center for International Policy try that is subsidized in part by the Chinese government, just like the balloon that captivated our attention all last week that couldn't be shot down, uh, even though it was an imminent national security threat, could not be shot down because, of course, it is a, a threat to falling debris on, on people uh, that, that uh, oh my, uh, you know, the falling debris might hurt somebody and so we just can't. Um, we, we just can't shoot this thing down, even though we could have shot it down when, when uh, NORAD, the uh, commander of NORAD, admitted that we were tracking this thing before it even got into the Aleutian Islands um, off of the coast of Alaska, and we could have shot it down there. But of course, then, you know, then then your Earth First types, your your uh, eco people, the Greenpeace and all that would have got up in arms because there would have been balloon debris in, in the, the Bering Sea and uh, probably would have affected some some type of bacteria or something that is you know may possibly be endangered from uh you know whatever chinese chemicals are getting dumped into the ocean that are probably already there anyway and of course we couldn't shoot this thing down until after it had already transversed across the united states and it had done whatever it was going to do some people were arguing it's a signals intelligence bird some people were arguing it's a imagery intelligence bird there was a mountain of cope uh coming from the department of defense and you know the usual uh left wing military industrial complex which i think is kind of ironic uh there was so much cope coming from that crowd whoa whoa see uh you know if if, if it's floating across the sky and it, it's, it's transmitting that data back we can we, we 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 can intercept that data and then we know what they know why not just blast that son of a bitch out of the sky why not just do that and of course, they, yeah, they, they shift the narrative to, well, Mattis said that there were three balloons during the Trump administration, but he didn't, he didn't tell Trump because he knew Trump would shoot them down. Uh, first of all, who cares? Who cares? That was then. Right? That was then. This is now. That's for starters. Um, Mattis, Mattis is irrelevant. He's out of the public eye. He's he's done. He's retired. They put him out to pasture long ago, right? Um, Mattis, everybody in the the uh, 
starred circle, right? Sen- whether that's senior executive service or the general officer's ranks of the Department of Defense, right? The flag officer ranks of the DOD. They're all political animals. Okay, this is uh, one of the more interesting aspects of American history, which is not taught, which is not taught, is that the American Politburo severely feared a military coup. And this was the reason that a standing army in the United States was uh, kind of a, a relatively new thing. Right. The institution of the United States Army, of course, has been around since 1775, but we did not have a large standing army for a reason. We had a small officer corps. We had, of course, West Point that that uh, was was the uh, indoctrination process for creating new officers. Of course, we had, uh, you know, the Southern Military Academies as well. Uh, which have their own military tradition, the Citadel and VMI, and of course, uh, Texas A&M as well, with Corps of Cadets there. You know, and I, I can't uh, leave out New Mexico Military Institute also in that, uh, w- which is newer, newer. And, and uh, But, you know, we primarily in American history, we had West Point and we had the Naval Academy. And those two created our officers right that created our corps of officers for the navy and for the army right navy and marine corps can't leave my marine corps brothers out but navy and naval infantry or the marine corps and the army we did not have a large standing army because we did not need one for the most part and it wasn't until the lead up to the Civil War that we even had a means of recruiting massive numbers of troops, uh, which we weren't, the United States was not really able to do so, so they instituted the draft, and that's where the draft came from. Uh, the movie Gangs of New York is uh, kind of the, the uh, backdrop, the, the backstory in the the uh, more important story, uh, one of the central plot devices that's going on in the background is actually the draft riots that were occurring at the time and, and the influx of Irish immigrants that were being pushed out of Britain because there were problems. It was a failed Irish uprising of uh, the mid-1860s. There, there was quite a bit of trouble at that time. They were trying to put it down. So they were taking their undesirables, the troublemakers, and they were pushing them to the United States. Well, the United States instituted the draft, put these people in uniform right off the boat, and said, hey, you know, best of luck, boys. You know, you, you look good in blue, right? And they put them out there. Well, as the United States expanded westward, we continued to require a military force in, in the form of the United States Army. And that was for security of the the Transcontinental Railroad, the construction of the railroad, security of, of outposts as, as we pushed westward, of course. Um, and th- then we went through kind of a, a interesting in-between time. Uh, the, the United States Army itself, after it had fought the Indian Wars, had shrank because it was really no longer required in a very large uh, sense, because it's expensive to maintain. But the Politburo of the United States looked at it as a threat, as a very specific threat. 
And so they, they said, you know, the, the, uh, the potential for a military coup. And we looked at the history of Mexico, which has uh, a, a long history, the first Mexican empire, uh, the, the fall of the first Mexican empire, and then, you know, leading up to uh, quite a bit of, of turmoil that, that is in Mexico's history, uh, leading up to the, what you know, the, the governmental system that they have today, of course. Uh, they said that the, the potential for military coup is very high, and we want to mitigate that. And this was why Teddy Roosevelt, who is uh, one of my favorite presidents, uh, and, and I've had many spirited discussions with conservatives out there, you know, they, they didn't, you know, oh, Teddy was, was, a, uh, was a progressive, and I think one person said he, w- he would have been, probably been in favor of going to war in Ukraine. Um, I disagree with that. I disagree with that. I don't think that he would have, because there, there wasn't anything to be gained. There, there isn't anything to be gained that's tangible in Ukraine. Um, you know, turning our attention to South America is way, way better of a strategy. Would have been a better strategy. Of course, I, I think that ship has sailed. We'll be discussing that in later episodes. Uh, but they, they feared a military coup. And of course, uh, all wars the racket. Smedley Butler, General Smedley Butler, United States Marine Corps, uh, was very uh, infamously aware of this. He was tasked with leading a military coup, which he declined. He detailed that in the book. Um, it, it's They feared the rise of an unaccountable class with a strong military force taking the United States. Well, the Politburo figured out in the post-World War II era how to circumvent that. How to circumvent that. Because, you know, you, you had the lead up to World War One. The the U.S. Army that went into World War One was a conscriptive force, and it was known as the, the first expeditionary force. And up until then, we didn't have permanent Army installations either. Uh, you know, they were all known as camps. And so in the United States Army, when something is designated as a camp, it is a temporary installation. It's not a permanent installation. Um, it's one that serves a very limited purpose, and it doesn't have all of the infrastructure with it that a larger fort is going to have. Uh, so th- that's that's something to keep in mind. The Marine Corps names their stuff differently. Uh, Air Force names their stuff differently. Navy, all, all that's different, right? But I'm just speaking for the Army. Um, anyway, more important, that is a little aside, more important though, is that that now the Politburo in the United States knew that, that a general who is unaccountable to them and they don't have any sort of way to keep them controlled, they pose a threat. And so in the post-World War II era, how do you control that? That's why we have the officer corps that we have today, right? That's why we have the SES. It's all part of the deep state. They're all political animals, right? And so I told you all that to explain to you that knowing that they're all political animals, that when they just pass the blame off on Mattis, right, they're really passing the blame off on Trump when they do that. Nothing's going to happen to Mattis. 
Just like nothing happened to Mattis when Trump instituted a ban on transgenders in the United States military, and Mattis openly defied that order. It happened. It happened. Look it up. So, he openly defied the President of the United States, and what happened? Nothing. There was no accountability. You have a a whole general class that is flag officer class that is completely unaccountable to the United States, except to the Politburo. They are accountable to the Politburo because they are part and parcel of it. They are never going to lead a coup against the United States, uh, as some of the the QAnon people were alleging, uh, which I I found hilarious. They're never going to do that because they're part and parcel of it. There's not going to be any military tribunals because they're all part and parcel of the political organization. That's it, it, It's nonsense to suggest otherwise. It's ignorant to suggest otherwise. So, you know, they, they pawn a little bit of blame off on Mattis. Mattis has already been put out the pasture. He ain't coming back. Um, it, it is, you know, that was a diversion. That was, you know, Biden getting all this heat for willingly putting the United States in jeopardy and maintaining us in jeopardy, all of this cope that's coming from the left, that I should be very specific, the leftist military-industrial complex, because they have a uh, an arm, they, they have their own statist branch as well that is really entrenched with, I wouldn't say, traditional left-wing thought. I could do another uh, a whole other episode on that, because I don't want to talk all day about this. We've got other things to talk about. But they willingly put the United States in a high amount of danger. We all saw it. We all saw it. We all know it. And the the cope that was being emitted from them, uh, their coping mechanism, yeah, but, 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 but we can blah, blah, blah. Right. Nobody's buying it. Nobody's buying it. So immediately... You know, don't let don't let a good opportunity to blame Trump for something go to waste. That's what they jumped on. Can't can't blame Trump directly, but we can blame somebody around him, and it's implied. Well, you know, to the low information voter crowd out there, well, Trump appointed Madison, and Madison didn't tell him, so it's Trump's fault. Because that's what they all sound like, right? Uh, all the all the neckbeards over on Reddit. That's what they go sound like. Um. Uh, but there, there you go. There you go. You know, it's, that's it in a nutshell. When the truth is, is that we have a cutout puppet as president who was installed. We have a Congress that appears to be controlled opposition. We'll see. They've made some interesting moves. I think uh, McCarthy has had to make some pretty serious concessions uh, to House Freedom Caucus and um, in order for him to, to realize his purpose as the Speaker of the House. But make no mistake, he's, he's you know, he, he, this guy has controlled opposition. He's part and parcel of it. He's been in the swamp for too long. He didn't, he didn't get to the swamp without being uh, what he is. Just make no mistake about it. So, uh, meanwhile, the rest of the world is looking at this with 
the same amount of childlike wonder that we looked at that balloon. How in the hell did this happen in America? How in the hell did America elect this this man who can't tell the truth? He wouldn't know the truth if it slapped him in the face repeatedly. It doesn't matter. Because there's never been any accountability. There's never been any accountability. We didn't have any accountability for the outrage of two years ago. We didn't have any accountability for the outrage of a year ago, for the the, uh, the, the botched pullout of Afghanistan. There was no accountability for the criminal deals that he had going, the pay-for-play that he had going there, the 10% to the big guy. There was never any accountability for any of this. There was never any accountability for General Milley calling China Calling China on January 6th, there was never any accountability for any of this. And there's never going to be any accountability for any of this. There was never any accountability for COVID. There's not going to be. The people running around out there, Nuremberg 2.0! Nuremberg 2.0! It's going to be Nuremberg 2.0! Yeah, <laughs> right, hold your breath. Hold your breath on that one. Let's see. Let's see how it works out. I personally don't think so. I don't think there's going to be anything. They'll just continue to do more stuff, shift the narrative. You'll continue eating the popcorn until inflation is ate your savings up. You don't have any more money. Some of us out there, though, are getting ready for that. Some of us out there, though, are making serious motions to train and prepare good people for what is coming. There is a communist revolution that is occurring in the United States at the street level. D.C. is completely oblivious to it. The Democrats have enabled this. It's their own little golem. It's their own little monster that they've created. Just like Mary Shelley's Dr. Frankenstein. And they don't know what to do with it. I personally think that they're completely oblivious to the violence. That's about to spring forth from the militant left. And of course, this is all telegraphed by the Biden administration by saying that it's right-wing terror that you have to be concerned with. Mm -hmm. Well, while they're on the hunt for all those right-wing terrorists, the left is out there sabotaging, shooting substations, your food processing facilities are going up in flames, and people are having to decide what they can actually afford on our grocery store shelves. It's creating conditions of revolution. The left knows damn well what they're doing. The scary part is, is that the communist Chinese and the Russians, the Russian Federation, certainly knows what they're doing. They've been following a plan. We walked into a trap. We haven't been thinking about securing our southern border. We're in a lot of trouble. We're in a whole lot of trouble. Solution isn't going to be found in D.C., folks. The solution is found locally. Your local infrastructure. What are you doing to create those safeguards for yourself? If you're living in suburbia, and I've been saying this for years, if you've been living in suburbia, you're going to get hit the worst. I hate to tell you. I hate to tell you. Hey, it is what it is. It is what it is. Folks, keep your heads on a swivel. 
Things are getting serious. Things are going to get more serious. But that's why we do what we do. Brushbeater.org slash training calendar. Brushbeater.org slash training calendar. The dates are up there. I look forward to training with you. And uh, we're going to have the fall dates that are going to be rounding out 2023 up very, very soon. I have that calendar, uh, which has been kind of tightly safeguarded, but I have the dates for that calendar ironed out. A lot of people have reached out looking for private classes. Um, Hey, you know, I appreciate that a lot, but if I'm going to just tell you right now, if you don't have 20 people together, Private dates are, are kind of, mm, no, probably not going to happen. Just putting it out there. Um, that's, the, you know, go to the open enrollment courses. If, if you want me to travel, it has to be worth my time away from my family. You know, make the effort to get to the courses that are on the open enrollment side. And I promise you, you know, those courses are always full the uh, Scout and Recce course is coming up is is huge. Uh, that's going to be a huge class. I'm really, really looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to working with all of you out there, folks. With that said, again, keep your heads on swivel. Quick shout out to the show sponsors, ResistTheMainstream.com, Daily News Aggregator, ResistTheMainstream.com, CivilDefenseManual.com, Blacksmith Publishing. Dot com And, of course, the man, the myth, the legend, good friend of mine, Mr. Joe Dolio, with the Tactical Wisdom Series. Make sure you get those books. Make sure you get yourselves educated, folks. God bless. I'll talk to you again very, very soon. NC Scout, out. Back away. Back away.